Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness, for your faithfulness in all our lives. Thank you, Lord, that you brought these lovely ladies this morning here, despite the challenges, and we are so grateful to be, to have this freedom, Lord, to be in your presence this morning. And what a privilege, and really we are spoiled to have this experience, Lord, to be in your presence, to have this freedom to come into your presence whenever and wherever. So we are so blessed, and we remember and pray for the Israelites, Israelis people. Lord, that nation that is so beloved to you, pray, Father, that you put, uh, you guard them, Lord, under your wings and give the leaders the wisdom to directly guide the people, Lord, and grant them your protection, Lord. No missiles, no uh, ammunition will protect, but only the uh, Lord of hosts can protect your nation. So we lift them, Lord, in your presence. Lord, bless this time today, this morning, and help us, Lord, to glean as much as we can. Prepare our hearts and sow your seed in ours. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. So that's the um, website. That I've, the, that's my blog. And also the email that I've listed at the bottom is just in case after the lesson, if you have any questions, please, please feel free to email me. I would love to. You know, if anybody has a question, they can always ask me, and I'll try my best to answer. I know I'm not perfect, but I'll try my best. All right, so um, so this lesson has been about knowing Jesus more intimately, right? So we've been knowing, trying to know him more. So John also in this fourth chapter also talks about that. So we will look into this as four sections. Okay, so that way we can kind of divide it up a little bit so that we have a better understanding of what John's trying to say here. So the first section, verses 1 through 6, talks about caution, right? The warning that God gives us. So if you have your Bibles, please open up to 1 John chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this, you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are of the world, therefore they speak as of the world, and the world hears them. We are of God, he who knows God hears us. He who is not of God does not hear us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So here we are, John's reminding us again in this particular, I know we've heard it before, but again he's reminding us about uh, the evil spirits. Right? He's telling, we are called to test every spirit instead of believing in every spirit. So our human tendency right, is naturally to believe in anything that's supernatural. Right? Supernatural things amaze us because it is not natural in, you know, in our natural world. So, like, for example, UFOs, right? Oh, UFOs, right? We are all intrigued. We, we are eager to see the pictures. We are eager to hear the news, see the news and all about that. So instead of being swayed, by every supernatural thing or doctrine that we come across, God is challenging us to test it, 
against the scriptures, right? Does the Bible mention of the UFOs? So that's the first thing our, I think we have to train ourselves in a way as believers that what does the Bible say? So that's the question we have to ask ourselves in every situation, right? So what does the Bible mention about UFOs or any other planets that have aliens on them, right? No, oh, funny story. Uh, I think some of the ladies know about it. I've told my son for the longest time that I'm an alien because I have eyes in the back of my head and I can see, you know, 360 degrees. And he believed it. And then to top it off, I used to go in the corner of the house, scour my head with a scarf, and I used to pray in tongues. And he used to hear that. And after the prayer, and he would come and ask me, what was that? That was a language I never heard before. Yeah, I was just communicating with my home planet. And I, I was just get, having some communication going on. So, and he said, what's the information? I said, no, I can't tell you. So he believed that for the longest time. So finally I had to break it and he said, no, that's not true. <laughs> so he was blown away by that. So yeah, but think of that. We on planet Earth, we are aliens. We, are, we, we do not belong to this world. We are here for, for, for a time, for a season, and then we are gone. Right, so uh, Jeremiah 14, 14 says, And the Lord said to me, The prophets prophesy lies in my name. I have not sent them, commanded them, nor spoken to them. They prophesy to you a false vision, divination, a worthless thing, and the deceit of their heart. Second Peter 2, 1 says, But there were also pro- false prophets among uh, the people, even as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them and bring on themselves swift destruction. So as we're talking about this whole series about knowing him, right? If you see the titles of each of the lessons that we have covered so far, it's know, know him. So John in this particular chapter is emphasizing on know him or knowing him. So knowing the spirit of God, knowing the word of God, knowing the truth, knowing God's love, right? So a benchmark for us is to know who or what is from God, first and foremost, to know the Spirit of God who always confesses that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that he has come in flesh. He sacrificed his life on the cross to redeem us and is now he's ascended and seated at the right hand of the Father. Right? If the Spirit does not confess this absolute truth, then that spirit is from the evil one. Right? So that's from the, the spirit of the Antichrist. So that's the, that's the distinguishing mark that we have to look for. So, so the Antichrist is actively denying that truth and he's leading people astray. And some, so many times it is so subtle and we do get carried away by that. So we have to be on alert at all times. So 1 Corinthians uh, 12.3. Sorry, I should have. Okay. 1 Corinthians 12.3. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit within us gives that affirmation, gives that confidence for us, right? And John 1.14 says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Uh, and we also read previously in our First John chapter 2, verse 22, who is a liar, but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ. He is Antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. From the beginning, right, from the very, very beginning, from the Garden of Eden, God has been cautioning of this Antichrist, the deceiver, 
who will come as an angel of light, but he only brings falsehood, twists the word of God and leads people astray. If we are truly the children of God, then we don't have to worry because the Holy Spirit within us will help us to discern what is the truth and what is a lie. And if you have noticed, truth is always singular, but lies is always multiple. It's plural because they have to cover up the lies. The devil has to cover up the lies, right? So it's always plural. So we have to remember what is the absolute truth of God and what is a lie. Romans 8, 31. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? The devil may be prowling around us, trying to tease us, distract us, but greater is he that is inside of us, who will give us the power to overcome the evil one. So much power that we will be quoting the scriptures to his face, just like Jesus said, thus saith the Lord, or it is written, right? So we, have, we will have that confidence to face in case of, you know, we come across such kind of deception. So let us leave the deceiver speechless and frustrated because we are knowledgeable in the word of God, that we are untouchable because we have the spirit of God in us. So let us strive to really, really know the word of God and also know him. John 15, 19. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Jesus prayed for all his disciples, and he continues to pray and intercede on our behalf, right? And he's the advocate. Right now he's standing uh, in front of the Holy Father interceding on, on our behalf. So we, should, we are so blessed, right, that we don't have to worry that, oh, we have to be standing there alone uh, you know, on that day. But he's there for us, advocating for us. John 17, 14 through 17. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth, and your word is truth. So sisters, we are sanctified by the truth, by the truth of the word of God. So we may have a target on our backs because we are sanctified people. But when we walk in spirit, we are more than conquerors. When we walk, we walk with confidence. When we speak, we speak with confidence. When we act, we act with confidence because we have the spirit of God in us. And we are confident in the one who made us. Not our confidence, but in the one who is beside us, who is in us. So when we live out our lives in such confidence, our other true believers who also know the Lord and walk in the truth and walk in the spirit, they know and identify the spirit in us, right? So that's when we agree whenever we you know, come across people who also are believers in the Lord. So the same spirit that lives in us also lives in them, and we agree to what the Holy Spirit reveals, what he teaches. So if the same Holy Spirit dwells in us, then we rejoice in the works of the Holy Spirit also together. And there is never, ever any contradiction. So let's look at John eight forty seven. He who is of God hears God's words. John ten three says, To him the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. John fourteen sixteen through 17 says, And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. 
but you know him for he dwells with you and always will be with you so now let's uh, look at the next section which is the definition so first john uh, 4 chapter 4 verses 7 and 8 beloved let us love one another for love is of god and everyone who loves is born of god and knows god he who does not love does not know god for god is love so just in this chapter the word love has been mentioned 27 times i do not know if any of you have kept count 27 times and i forgot to the word no i do not know how many times but it's been mentioned a number of times and love is literally spilling out from every verse in this particular chapter. And if it is, uh, basically John has simplified the definition of love. So for us, if you want to define love, this is what it is. So if, if it is anything else apart from this definition, then it is not the correct form of love. So in logic, if, um, I'm sure many of you must have studied logic in college, there's a reasoning called modus ponens. Have you heard of that, right? So for example, today is a bright and sunny day, so I will wear my sun hat. So just like this example, we can define love this way. God is love, therefore I will love everyone because God loves everyone. So that's a very simple, logical reasoning that we can define love as. Uh, John fifteen twelve. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. All right, so let's jump into the next section, uh, which is manifestation or personification. First John 4, 9 through 16. So this is a large section, so bear with me as I go through this. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love has been perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us, because he has given us of his spirit, and we have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son as Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him, and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God, and God in him. So when God manifested his love in Jesus, it was his utmost authentic manifestation of his love for mankind. He didn't have to, right? But he did. We can know with certainty that he loves us because he was willing to sacrifice his only begotten son. John 3.16, we, we all are familiar with it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. John 3.36, he who believes in the son has everlasting life, and he who does not believe the son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. Romans 5, 8, and 10. But God demonstrates his love, to, his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. If we as believers have come to know God and believe in him and believe in the love he has for us, 
then we will live by loving him first and loving others. I think it kind of repetition, repetitive, but it's kind of given, you know, you, you understand that has to be the way. There's no other way around it. Romans 8, 9. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. So there you go. There's, you know, absolute truth about that. Jesus personified God's love for mankind. He became one of us. He lived among us. He ate and drank like us. He cried with us. However, he suffered much more than we did. I always wonder, you know, it's so much easier, right? I mean, we as humans, we tend to do that. If you mess up something, you wipe the slate clean and start all over, right? Why, can't the God, why couldn't God do that? He created the whole universe in a week's time. It, what is a week's time in, in God's sight, right? But no, he chose to redeem us. That's his love for us. That shows his utmost love for us. John three seventeen, For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So at the end, redemption was his ultimate plan for us. So we therefore must abide in love so we can abide in God. And by abiding in his love, we are able to love others and forgive those who hurt us. Now let's uh, go into the last section, section four, perfection. First uh, John 4, verses 17 through 21. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love, We love him because he first loved us. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. Yep, that was the verse that convicted me to love my sister. You know, it was hard and I had to make the choice. If I love God, I have to love my sister whom I hated. Uh, but God not only loved us, but his love is perfected in us. How many of us wish we were perfect in certain things, right? We always strive to be perfect, as women especially, right? We want to make things perfect, not only for us, but for people around us. And in doing so, it, I mean, some people do become perfect in a sense that whatever craft that they're doing, they become perfect in that. But You know, not everybody is successful. But God, in his love for us, he has perfected his love in us. So much so that on the day of judgment, we will have confidence in his love. Right? So uh, I just want to share a personal story. Uh, So this uncle that who led me to the Lord while I was in Moscow, he had two kids. The daughter was, I think, about six or seven at the time. She was already a believer, very strong believer. And she had accepted the Lord when she was probably four or five years old. And she had that childlike faith. And I have seen her grow. And now she's in her 30s, a mother of two kids. And her faith had not faltered or it has not altered. She still has a childlike faith in God. So much so that, you know, she's talking to God 
as if, you know, he's sitting right next to her. She converses with him, and she has that confidence in him, a quiet confidence. So whenever I'm shaking in my confidence, I talk to her, and she gives me that confidence. Oh, don't worry. God's got it. You know, you tell him. He takes care of it. And, and the moment she says that, and I do that, I feel a sense of relief. And that has been every single time for me. Whenever, if I can't reach her, God reminds me through his Holy Spirit. I'm here. Speak to me what's bothering you. And he's willing to listen and he's taking, willing to take that burden off of us, right? So we have to have that confidence to enter into his presence. Yes, he's right with me. You know, we don't have to fear anything else. John 17, 22. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one. Just visualize this. As he is, so also we are in this world. Therefore, we have to ask ourselves, how are we in this world? Are we victorious just like him? Are we, do, do we love others just like Jesus did? Do we, are we confident just like him? So because in his perfect love, we are fearless. No matter how dire our situation might be, we will be confident to face every fiery dart that comes our way through life's ups and downs, through frightening storms, when we are held to the flames, we will be fearless and confident in him just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego before they were thrown into the fiery pit. In the midst of life's chaos, pain, and uncertainty, Jesus shows up bringing with him peace and comfort. Just look at the world around us today that we are living in. Last few years, right, there's so much of pain, there's so much of... uncertainty, and going forward seems to be the same prognosis, right? But there is peace through all this chaos is because we have the confidence in Christ because our God is the one who carries us, right? So Romans 8, 5, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. 2 Timothy 1, 7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Psalm ninety-seven, ten through 12. This really touched my heart because this kind of like, you know, encapsulates the power of God, the love of God for me when I was studying this. Uh, you who love the Lord hate evil. He preserves the souls of his saints. He delivers them out of the hand of the wicked. Light is sown for the righteous and gladness for the upright in heart. Rejoice in the Lord, you righteous, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holy name. That's all we got to do, right? So in closing, let us ask ourselves these questions. So are we heeding, again, wrapping up, are we heeding to the caution of what the evil spirits are doing around us? Are we aware of the false doctrines? Do we have that spirit of discernment? Are we able to discern what is the truth and what is a lie? And then are, do we truly know the definition of love? Do we truly know God? Do we know his son? Do we know the Holy Spirit? And are we taking measures to, uh, sorry, are we able to see the manifestation of God's love through Christ and the Holy Spirit in us? How is God working in, the life, in, in, in our lives around us? So are we able to see how the Spirit is working in people around us? And are we taking measures to pursue the perfection of his love through our lives? 
Um, we all heard the acronyms RINO, Republican in name only, DINO, Democrat in name only. I do not know, maybe somebody already came up with, but I came up with this one called Chino, a Christian in name only. So let us not be Chinos, but let us be Christians on fire for Jesus. So let us not be the bench warmers, but defenders of the gospel. And lastly, when life gets tough, are we confident to say, it is well with my soul. So dear sisters in the Lord, may we reflect the love of Christ through our very being, by, being, by continuing to abide in the Lord, who, who's the only one who loves us. Nobody else does. And may his love flow through us, from us, through us, to the world around us. And may we show to the world around us that we belong to the King of Kings. And may we be confident in our walk with him. Let me close this in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for loving us. We are not worthy, but you have loved us even before we confessed ourselves, Lord. Father, you are so merciful. And we thank you, Lord, for this wonderful teaching that you have reminded us once again of your uh, abounding love that always is there for us. May we be confident in this love that you have for us. Lord, bless the time of fellowship that we will have with with the ladies in our group. I pray, Father, that you help us to glean even more from each other. And may we be a blessing to others around us in the world that we go out to. Bless this day in Jesus' name. Amen.